This podcast is brought to you in association with From Sweden with Love, one of the oldest fan sites dedicated to the world of 007. Online since 2004 and also on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Why not check them out today? James Bond 007.se Nobody does it better. <laughs> or as they say in Stockholm these days, Ingen gör det bättre. Hello, I'm John Audy. I'm a stunt historian, author, broadcaster and producer, and the man behind Behind the Stunts on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Welcome to this episode and a series of podcasts dedicated the action stunts in the James Bond movies. My new book, Ever Heard of Evil Knievel, is the definitive guide to everything action-packed in the film series. It looks at the stunts, the performers, the coordinators and the stories behind these incredible moments captured on film. You'll hear clips from some of the interviews that have been undertaken over the years, where applicable, and sound clips from the movies themselves. The book, podcast and YouTube series are also to be used as educational tools to learn from and to wonder at. only is a very special Bond for me as it's the reason I became a Bond fan. The first Bond I ever saw at the cinema and I was hooked. It's got wonderful fights, car and ski chases and Bond is left to his own devices to complete the mission without having to rely on a cupboard full of gadgetry. Let's start with the brilliant pre-title sequence and Martin Grace's favourite gag as 007. afternoon, Mr. Bond. Don't concern yourself with the pilot, one of my less useful people. You are now flying remote control airways. <laughs> Martin Grace was an extraordinary man. He knew his limitations and wasn't adverse to suggesting new and exciting ways to get the audience that little bit closer to the edge of their seats. Hanging from a helicopter 500 feet above the old Beckton gasworks in London was quite literally child's play for the Irishman, who'd said on numerous occasions that he was just having a ball. We can compare this to the pre-title sequence of Spectre, the last time Bond was seen hanging outside of a chopper. The major difference here is the safety measures. No wires holding Martin in place. He has spatial awareness to keep him safe, a very safe pair of hands holding on tightly to the skids, and Mark Wolf at the chopper's controls. Wolf was also at the controls of the helicopter chasing Bond in the Lotus on Sardinia for the spy who loved me, 
only his second job as a stunt pilot. These days, the pilot would be in communication with the stunt performer. The stuntman hanging from the chopper would have a throat mic and be able to talk to the pilot about the routine. Here, Martin and Mark worked out a routine. They did numerous passes by the camera around the chimney stack and then back before getting inside and throwing out the pilot. <laughs> You're fading from my picture, Mr. Bond. But the end cannot be far away. <laughs> Wolf now becomes Bond and must fly down to pick up Blofeld in his two-stroke wheelchair. Actor John Hollis was used to portray Bond's cat-loving nemesis, but for the sequence where he's chased and then picked up by the chopper, stuntman Malcolm Weaver steps in. We can do it here! I'll buy you a delicatessen! Wolf does a brilliant job at spotting exactly where to place the skid of the helicopter and collect Malcolm before lifting him off the ground. A wheelchair was fixed to the side of a helicopter to allow Malcolm to sit in it and react for the high parts of the sequence. Luckily, Mark Wolf kept his hair on and dropped a weighted dummy and wheelchair to the top of a chimney stack just in time for the main titles. Who are you? He killed my parents. The Havelocks? I'm sorry. If you'd never seen a car chase in your life, and the 2CV chase was thrust upon you, I reckon your bar is still set quite high after all these years. Remy Julien and his incredible family of stunt professionals created a superb chase to match and surpass anything that had gone before. Remy doubling Roger and Carol Bouquet behind the wheel of the De Chavaux, with Dorothy Ford beside Remy doubling Carol when required. It's a masterclass in stunt driving and editing. John Grover's cuts and the chase are a huge part of its excitement, but Reme must be applauded for his approach to the car stunts, a system that had been working successfully for him in France for 20 years, using box rigs for the vehicles so they could be reused in further takes, using wire rigs for cars that were previously thought impossible to do, allowing brand new camera shots and keeping a comedic feel to the whole thing whilst remembering that James Bond is trying to escape the bad guys. It's brilliant. And after all, everyone loves a drive in the country, right? Now it's time to talk with our guest, who makes a few appearances throughout the film and is well known to Bond fans. Stuntman Andy Bradford's first stunt role after nearly 20 years as an actor was on Flash Gordon in 1980 as a Hawkman, and he soon found that stunt work came naturally to him. His first appearance in For Your Eyes Only was in the opening car chase, as we discuss here. You were the guy up a ladder 
uh, quite happily trying to plaster the outside of your house and then uh... right um, I guess we, we thought of different gags that could be happen mm-hmm. and uh, Bob Simmons came up with the idea you know I'm a construction guy and I, I you know I used to work when I was out of work as an actor on building sites right. so I went up with this yeah the hawk and the float and uh, you know he drove through we, we, we measured it it was pretty tight I have to was say was it really <laughs> you, I'd seen his work and you know he was very confident he could do it but you know I, so yeah. the, the idea then was was um, it wasn't like storyboarded am I right in saying that this was something that was that was created maybe during the location recce or, or was happened on the spot yeah, I would think it was I would think it was on the recce right. at that time I was sort of a jobbing stuntman right. so somebody like Bob would go out and discuss with you know John Glenn the director of the DOPs mm-hmm. second unit directors about what they would like to what, what sort of gags can we get here right. and I guess I would think I don't know Remy Julian would go to those meetings and say we could do this right. we could do that you know and so I was sort of chosen to do it I think chosen because I think I'd do a double take on it or something because I have got a still that was sent by the unit photographer and uh, right. it's like wow you know I'm sort of going up there quite unaware and suddenly this happens and it's like what where did that come from yeah you know? exactly yeah it's <laughs> Yeah, but silly guys, aren't it's, it's, a, it's one of those, you know, it's, it's a lovely moment because obviously it, it cuts from from Roger saying to Melina, who's behind the wheel, excuse me, and he grabs the wheel and drags it to the right to go through the cement, which then obviously, you know, he gets out wow. of the way and the other I car comes through and, and clips the ladder, you know, so uh, and then... Then reacting, because you you then grab the rest of the wall. So it is. It's a nice little shot. It's a lovely. Obviously, you're you're part of the stunt team, but you're also employed as a character. What happens is a group of of young stunties, different ages of stunties, different types were sort of collected together to do a fight on a boat. Mm-hmm. It's when they're, they're sort of in a, a sort of quayside. That's right. And we all go down to for this location to see it. Yep. And dear Bob Simmons, Uncle Bob, as we all called him, I'm Uncle sure you Bob, heard yes. it, referred to as Uncle Bob. Um, he said, uh, you know, well, darlings, uh, let's we've got to just pick a couple of pipes. We want sort of action here. We want action there. Different things happening. And, mm-hmm. and we sort of went out and he sort of said, uh, so uh, I'll leave you guys to it. You all know what you're doing. So we uh, and I'll come back and have a look at it. Right. Well, <laughs> it was there's stories really we, we, we worked it all out we knew all you was i was you were doing and uh but later on when i rehearsed quite a sequence with a guy that shall be unmentionable right um because it leads to the, the casting of the guides up at in meteora in I the see. mainland of, of of greece right during you know for the monastery scene mm-hmm. Well, it, in, it happened that I, I got all these things worked together and certain things happening, and there was it, we, we were shot. But one of them had got a one of the stunt guys had been a very unprofessional and sort of got him well, he didn't arrive for the night shoot. So there was all the specifics of all the action quite well rehearsed. And I remember Uncle Bob saying, "Well, come on, darling, you just got to do mine. Just back into shot. Throw yourself back into shot. Throw yourself out of shot." Um, you've got this little bit to do with one of the other guys where he gives you a whiplash throw, which is actually still a quite a nice still that somebody sent me. And uh, so I sort of fought with myself, really, on and <laughs> off the edge of frame. Right. It, you know, <laughs> seriously. Um, but when it came to the end of this, they wanted, before leaving, they wanted to choose three actors to be the guard 
at, at, the, uh, at the top of the monastery. Okay. And because I hadn't been featured in the fight uh, too much, and I think John Glenn lined us all up to sort of pick us, mm -hmm. I was picked along with Gareth Mill and Jim Dowdle. Right. Uh, and so, which was great, which was like, ah, oh, wow, an extended job, you know, because initially we were just probably brought out for that fight. But I was sort of chosen to be the one that sort of finds them in the sort of the, the winch machine when That's I got right. shot with the crossbow. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and uh, yeah, I that went that went good. I enjoyed that, and it was, you know, when we did some of the interiors in the studio with Topol and with uh, Roger Moore. We had a lot of laughs because, uh, as you know, Roger Moore is, well, I'm sure you know, was quite a, a prankster, you know, a practical joke. Oh, guy. sure. You, well, you'd expect nothing you less, wouldn't you? Absolutely, yeah. Oh, outrageous. You know, uh, very funny because he has to, at one point he has to, when I'm shot with a crossbow, I remember being dragged up this slope, which they That's recreated, right. mm -hmm. you know, in the studio. And I can't tell you where one finger was while he was dragging me up <laughs> and the other finger. <laughs> you know, I was I was containing myself to laugh and then thrown into a chair and tied up. And then I don't know whether it was, it was Chaim Topol who uh, Chaim put the, the gag in my throat. That's right. But all the other the, all the other things that were designed very cleverly from somebody, you know, if you've ever worked in theatre, awful tricks are done to actors in theatre. <laughs> I, 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 I cannot think of a... One thing against that man, uh, you know, but he might never be ranked as the great Bond. I think a lot of people still love him. I love him. Mm. He did everything with his tongue in his cheek. Certainly, yeah. So, yeah. Um, Roger, have great, great respect. Willie Bogner is again on duty here and, for me, produces some of his finest work. Johnny Eaves is now Roger's double and is so inventive when creating ideas for the sequence. Bogner and Eves came up with the scene where Bond lands on the table and skis through lunch, and the motorbikes follow, and of course the unbelievable bobsleigh sequence. Let's also mention Remy Julien again here, as the motorbikes are being ridden by his team, son Dominique, and Wolfgang Jungercher, who crashes spectacularly after chasing Bond through the trees. Charles Dance is doubled by Hans Herschelbeckler. The bobsleigh run sequence is breathtaking to watch. A bobsleigh, followed by Johnny Eaves, followed by Dominique Julien on a motorbike. Of course, Willie Bogner filmed the sequence from Bond's point of view and had to be attached to a bobsleigh in order to maintain momentum. In some of the longer corners, it would mean he'd have to lean back in his harness in order to create enough lag that he'd create a slingshot-type manoeuvre through the corner and out the other side. Things you do for Bond, eh? I'll also mention briefly the accident on set that caused the death of stuntman Paolo Regioni. Although it still isn't clear why a bobsleigh was being manned by stunt performers instead of a professional bobsleigh team. In hindsight, they would have had much more experience at handling the bob and perhaps be able to negotiate emergency procedure should anything have happened whilst out on the track. Evidently it did, and sadly... A life was taken. The scene was cut from the final edit, and the family understandably didn't want to discuss the incident for the book, but did give their blessing for the project, which I'm eternally grateful for. So, there we are. That's your lot for this week. More next week, and don't forget to subscribe and follow Behind the Stunts on all the social media platforms so you can be kept up to date on the world of action and stunts. Until next time, 
Bye for now.